Hi, my name is Matlock and this is the Everyday Athlete Podcast. The podcast for the everyday athletes around the world who refuse to be average and who want to create a legacy of health, fitness and achievement in every aspect of their life. I'm glad you're here and once again it's time to forge your future. Ed Morrison, welcome to the Everyday Athletes vlog and podcast. How are you doing? Good, thanks, Matt. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm actually looking uh, over the top of my computer at a, a beautiful view across Jervis Bay. Thankfully, we can see blue skies these days. Not the same a few weeks ago, but uh, what's it like at your end? Well, at the moment, I'm in Noosa, and, uh, well, I'm in a very enclosed office space, but if I was to walk out the door for about mm, five minutes, I'd be on the uh, Hastings Street, Noosa Main Beach. So it's beautiful here, a little bit warmer than a Melbourneite like I am normally used to, but it's uh, <laughs> very lovely. Uh, excellent. Actually, I, didn't, I genuinely didn't know you were in Noosa. So uh, what a beautiful part of the world. Well, if you follow me on social media, I, I don't think I've stopped uh, updating about being in Noosa for the last <laughs> you know, four weeks, whatever it is. So, yeah. Great. Uh, awesome. Very good. So our paths first crossed, or your paths crossed with uh, the Bay Games and in particular the Grand Slam last year, 2019, where you came and commentated for one of the live announcements. Yeah, that's right. And uh, geez, that was, uh, it feels like only yesterday that we did that in Sydney. And um, it was such a, for me, I've been involved in fitness competitions and specifically in, I guess, CrossFit competitions for a while. And um, just to see the growth of fitness competitions has been, uh, it's been really enjoyable for me because I was, for a period of time, very specifically involved in only two or three events year after year. And then uh, in the last 12 to 18 months, we've watched the expansion of that sort of fitness competition scene. We've seen lots more local competitions and now we're seeing, like the uh, like the Grand Slam, more of these sort of online competitions which are incredibly inclusive for people all around the world. So, yeah, that was a, that was a great experience for me. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun having you there. And, in fact, um, yeah, you're going to be uh, the face and voice of the, the Grand Slam um, from this year onwards. So we're pretty excited. And, uh, as you know, there's a lot of planning in the background about where some of those live events, live announcements could be held. So, uh, yeah, really pleased to have you on board. Thank you. Yeah, I couldn't be more stoked with it. And uh, I'm not too sure exactly what is public knowledge just yet. So I'll make sure I keep my lips sealed. But, as you well know, some pretty exciting locations and people in the works. So, yeah, I, I can't wait for people to find out about that stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. And at the time of recording this, not very much has been announced yet. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, all good. So, um, for our viewers and uh, listeners, just uh, yeah, just tell us a little bit about who Ed is, your background, and that, that'll bring us into today's subject, which is of course nutrition for everyday athletes. Yeah, sure. Well, I um, I entered the fitness industry in about two thousand and nine, and uh, it was a uh, there wasn't much fanfare in terms of entering it. I was an athlete at a CrossFit gym. And uh, I was pretty disenchanted with my current job and I decided to leave that. And that particular gym was looking for a trainer. So I, I did what needed to be done to qualify myself. And then I sort of grew up as a trainer through those ranks. And um, I, I'd done some study at a tertiary level, a nutrition course at Deakin University. Um, I'd done the first year of that. And uh, I sort of got drawn into the, um, the authentic way in which my fitness was changed by the training that I was doing. But I guess over the years, the 10 years that I've been a trainer, I have noticed that even though most people acknowledge that nutrition is the base of health, 
there isn't the same effort being put into nutrition as there is, is into the everyday athlete's training. Most people aren't waking up and thinking about exactly what to do with their nutrition. They're waking up and thinking, right, I can't wait to get to the gym to do my squats or to do this session or whatever it is. So uh, there was a little bit of a disconnect for me there. And um, in the last few years, I've, I've found myself having more and more, at first they were just, I guess, off the cuff discussions with athletes about nutrition. I mean, if you're looking after an athlete properly as a trainer, you're going to talk to them about all sorts of things. And naturally, nutrition was coming up more and more frequently for me as a way to make really profound change with people. So in the last sort of six to 12 months, I've, I've decided to make that transition towards helping people with their nutrition a little bit more official. I've joined a nutrition company called The Method Now, which allows people to work with me online and sometimes in person. I can meet them in person on their nutrition and the way that ties into their overall health, not just sort of isolating nutrition as one piece. Yeah, excellent. Thank you for that. Actually, one thing that really stood out for me there was, um, I guess, a lot of everyday athletes, when they go to the gym, and as you say, they're diligent and put a lot of focus on the actual training part. Most often they're going and either doing the workout of the day, which is written by someone else, or they have a personalized program, or maybe they're using an online app. But the point being, they know what to do because they're being told what to do, because it's sure. written on their phone, it's written yeah. on the whiteboard, and yeah. so on. And I know from my experience, as a very much an everyday athlete, um, it, it's the, I'd love to give it time and attention that it deserves, and I understand the importance of it, but it's uh, finding my own way, I guess. With, we, we get bombarded online and in person with everyone's different ideas about diet, nutrition, uh, you know, whether it's plant-based as I am, uh, whether it's paleo, whether it's whatever it is. There's so many different diets out there or regimes, let's say. Uh, and I can't help but wonder whether it's either overload and then we defer to the path of least resistance, which is what we know and what we've always done, or whether it's just simply not knowing and, and not finding a path that resonates deeply enough with them to, to give it a, a fair go, which is what I think from what I know about the method now, it's very personalized and therefore I, I can imagine it's a great solution. And maybe you could tell us a bit how that works. If I was to go online today to method now, uh, how does the process work? Well, there's a, there's a few different, like I, I love a lot of what you just said. If you don't mind, I might address the, the first thing you just said about the way in which people get a, a program to follow and they, they normally look at that program and they, they just, they're able to sort of not necessarily question anything and just they're, they're willing to learn on that topic. And um, that, that was something for me early on with my, my journey in trying to teach people about nutrition is that I realized that it was a very personal and confronting subject for a lot of people. I suppose some people's history with exercise is quite long and others are quite short. So some people are more than willing to, to go into the gym and be the newbie and put up their hands and be like, hey, uh, this is a learning environment for me. I'm, I'm really not sure what I'm doing, so please help me. Please, please teach me. When it comes to food, for whatever reason, we don't seem to be as open about, hey, I actually don't really know what I'm doing here. Maybe that's because it's as simple as, hey, we've all been eating since birth, so we all feel like we should have more knowledge on that. And then I've found particularly for young men, there's uh, a resistance to admit their lack of skills when it comes to basic things like cooking. It's just like no one wants to put their hands up and be like, hey, I actually don't know how to cook. Like that's what's stopping me. I know what I should be doing. I just got no idea how to cook. So a lot of that is just 
breaking down the barriers and being like, hey, like it's, it's okay to admit that you don't quite have either the knowledge or the skill set or that you're overwhelmed by the amount of information that is out there. And truth be told, like I'd like to think that I, I have a really good handle on, on nutrition. However, there's, there's times where I'm just like, whoa, there is so much information, so much conflicting information for me. And I, I suppose that leads me to answer the second part of your question, which is, I guess the, the first step for any trainer or any um, nutrition coach when working with someone, and certainly this is the first step in the method now, is just to get an idea of where you're currently at with your nutrition. So before I make any changes to anybody's nutrition, I, I just want to get to know the person and what their uh, history with food is. That's probably not the right term, but what their relationship with food is. Like, do you think about what you eat or is it just a matter of you get up and whatever happens to be in the cupboard, that's what's going on the plate? You know, uh, are you particularly meticulous when it comes to preparation or are you more than happy just to grab whatever's, you know, available from the shop around the corner and just get an indication of where the person is at from there. Then once I get that, really it's a, it's a matter of trying to get the basics right. And, um, you know, that basics piece, there's so many parallels that I can draw between when I was coaching people in the gym and now coaching people in the nutrition if I was to, to name the basics when coaching people in the, in the gym, I basically want them to move right, try to move well, and I want you to do it with some form of intensity. Now, that's going to look different for everybody, and it's going to look different in every program. It doesn't matter whether you're doing CrossFit, doing bodybuilding, doing F45. You should try to move well, and you should try to do it with some intensity. When it comes to eating, really all I want you to do is eat the right amount of food for you and I want you to eat real food. Now, if you're doing those two things, it doesn't matter to me whether or not you're plant-based or paleo or carnivore or whatever it is. I can't really see a point in time where I'd compromise on either of those two things. Eat the right amount of food for what you're doing and eat actual food. Um, so that, that tends to be the starting point. And I realise I've answered your question in a very roundabout way, but that, that's the starting point for me. No, no, that, that's perfect, to be honest. That, that, that really does resonate with me. And uh, to, I remember, I think it was Rich Roll, who I've been a long-time follower of and listener of his podcast, and in some ways followed in his footsteps, certainly in, with his endurance training and so on. He gave me uh, yeah, quite a lot of belief, actually, that you can be plant-based and you can perform sure. at those levels and so on, which was fantastic. But one of the things that I always liked about what he said, he said, um, eat, eat real food, and eat it as close to the ground as possible, as in <laughs> uh, the least amount of processing and, and messing with it and so on. And, and that's certainly something I try and do. You know, real life gets in the way. I don't tend to eat junk. Well, I don't eat junk. But nonetheless, it's not always sort of raw, organic and, and so on, non-GMO, because, you know, that's not real life. At the yeah. End. And, and I think, I think it's, it's, you've got to be realistic. And um, for 99% of people simply doing what you just said, which is try to eat the food as close to the ground as possible is going to make a profound difference to their health. I think there's, there's absolute validity in, in buying things like organic food, which doesn't have any pesticides or any um, growth hormone added to it. However, if your current situation is that you're eating takeaway foods and eating lots of trans fats, that conversation about trying to eat organic, that doesn't need to take place for a long time. Let's get you away from eating that stuff that doesn't look like any type of, of real food. And then we can have the, the discussion about organics later down the track. Yeah, no, excellent. And I guess um, like 
like any coaching you would hope, um, the coach is meeting the athlete where they are at. Absolutely. Um, and that's the point, whether that's in the gym from a programming perspective or in this case from a, a nutrition perspective. I, I guess, again, my starting point would be different to someone else's. You know, I, I'm not doing maccas and, and drinking um, other yeah. and, and all of those things. Uh, lots of people do. And, and if that's their starting point, then that's fine, I guess. Yeah. Which is good because it would give you plenty to work with. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of the, the interesting things about it. So often people that come in, that think that, oh, you know, I, I, I would love you to help me, but I really think like I'm, I'm doing so much wrong. So I'm, I'm, I don't know if I should do this. And, and I, as the coach, and think, well, you know, the more that you're doing wrong, the more potential I have to, to change things. The challenging, and any, any coach, any trainer, any nutrition coach would definitely resonate with this, when somebody looks to be doing everything right or, or getting 90, you know, nine out of 10 things right, and we're still not getting the results, well, that's when you've got to really dig in and, and ask questions and try different things and be a bit more creative. So, you know, it, it, it can work for anybody. And if you're thinking to yourself, wow, like I, I, I don't think I'm ready for a nutrition coach. I'm doing so much wrong. Well, that's the other person that will benefit off it almost immediately. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you'll get the most profound impacts quite quickly. That's right. Um, yeah. But if, if you follow the advice that you'll be offering, of course. Yeah. <laughs> No, for sure. So, um, so when a when an athlete comes to you, because you're working with athletes, sure. when athletes come to you, what, what does it look like? What's the process? Um, well, the the first thing that they would do is they sign up for the method now, and then um, the first thing I do is is call them and just get an understanding of who they are. Really, I know that sounds uh, a little bit philosophical, but at the end of the day, we're coaching people, we're coaching human beings. So I. I want to get an idea of, you know, what, what's family life look like? What's a day-to-day, you know, what time do you have to get up? What time do you go to bed? How tired do you feel? You know, how happy are you? All those type of things play into the type of prescription and the type of coaching that, that I might give you. So the first thing I do is just call and get to know the person. The next thing that is pretty key for me is I ask the person to keep a food diary for me. So before telling them to do anything, I just get a really sort of honest lay of the land in terms of where they're at. And I ask them to, to eat as normally as possible, although, and the, uh, the studies will show us that as soon as somebody's asked to eat a, uh, keep a food diary, they tend to do something very, very different because they know that somebody's watching, but, but nonetheless. But, but uh, isn't that an interesting psychology? And I've been down this path myself, and for sure, um, as soon as I have to write down what I'm eating or drinking, I think it just creates an awareness. It makes you more aware. And by default, then you become a bit more intentional or deliberate about what you put in your mouth, which is a benefit actually in itself. But nonetheless, it doesn't necessarily give you a truly accurate position of what the last month might have looked like before you asked for the food diary. That's, that's right. And I, I try to keep that in mind. And, and most people, irrespective of trying to not necessarily impress by the food diary, but trying to change things for the better in the first week of the food diary, I can still sort of see the general path that they're on. It's like, right, you, 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 you've got this thing going on or you're eating too much of this and not enough of this or you don't have time to do this. So maybe the food diary might express the best possible version of that, but all the themes tend to remain constant. Yeah. Then after that, I've kept my nutrition coaching. I can't believe how much I've, I've kept the same sort of model that I used when I was coaching in, in the CrossFit gym and still am coaching in CrossFit gym. And really, I think of short, direct, 
actionable cues that I can give somebody. So rather than tons of information, although if people want that, then I have that for them, what I, what I really want them to be able to do is read something which they can then go do. So often the very first thing that I'll do is give them a grocery list. It's like, hey, I, I want you to purchase these items. I want you to tell me if you feel comfortable how to cook these items and I want you to try and replace this with this, this with this, this with this. And there's normally some big broad brush concepts that I'm trying to implement at that point in time. It's like, hey, I really want you to try and get rid of the processed food and add some real food. But I don't necessarily need to go on that rant. Like it's, that becomes obvious over the weeks of coaching them that that's what we're doing. It's just at the, at the very start, the most beneficial for the per- thing for the person is, hey, let's, let's take this action. Let's, let's start doing something. Because most of the time when it comes to nutrition, people have been thinking about doing something. People have been reading information for a very long time, but they haven't done anything. They haven't actually gone and changed anything. So the first thing is like, hey, let's convince you that you are capable of change. And that might be as simple as, hey, go, don't go buy that today. Go buy this today. And, and, and get back to me. Let me know how it went for you. And that's, that's the first step. Sure, and I, I can imagine the most powerful motivator for people to continue on the journey with you is results. Yeah, and, and that's, I think, that's why I've always sort of, I've always been drawn to this industry because it is so results-based and the results are, they're so profound. Like when, when people start seeing changes to their fit, fitness, whether it be through training or nutrition, or seeing changes to their body composition or their performance, they, for me, are the most, they're the most satisfying results that anybody could achieve as opposed to, I know there's a lot of results-based industries where you, you know, you could print out a, data, a piece of paper and it tells you that the data is going in the right direction. But when people feel different and they have different confidence about themselves, that is, uh, like I said, very, very satisfying for me. And I'd like to think that always throughout my training career, I've been able to call a spade a spade. And, and what I mean by that is that when it's not working, I, I don't try to pretend that it is. So it's like, hey, whatever, whatever's happening, it's not having the effect we want it to have. So why don't we try something else? And that tends to be my approach with nutrition. It's like, okay, this, this hasn't worked. Let's, let's go down this route and see if we get a better result. Yeah, sure. And um, we're just getting a little bit short on time. And uh, I'm certainly going to ask you for... Uh, a takeaway, uh, sort of your top tip, if you like, as a takeaway. But um, on average, do you know a number? I mean, with the method now, what sort of, uh, how long do athletes tend to stay with method now? Or is it, in fact, um, it's too hard to answer because athletes tend to stay because they're getting the results they want? Yeah, I, could, I can only, I'm not privy to uh, all, the, all the information in terms of those statistics, but um, I'm fortunate enough to have sort of 30, 40 clients on my books. And um, I've got a number of them now that have, some of them have been close with me for close to a year or they've been with the method now for close to a year and others have just begun their journey. And I think that the most profound thing with any training or nutrition journey is to understand that the progression isn't always just linear like that. So I try to instill in, in all the, the people that I work with that, you know, if we get to probably around about maybe that six, seven week mark, and those initial kilos that came off easily are now not coming off easily. That's, that's no reason to panic. That's no reason to abandon ship. 
It just means that, you know, we're now in a new position. So the circumstances have changed. So, so we've got to change our approach. So for, for that reason, I think, I can't really think of a time where you would say, great, I've been, I've been training for 12 weeks. So now I don't need to do any more exercise. And the same would go with nutrition. It's like, uh, yep, we've, we've tidied up some things, but you're going to be eating food for the rest of your life. So let's, let's work on the next evolution for you. Yeah, sure. And actually, that leads me into a final question, which is a bit of a, it's a pet thing of mine. Mm. And I do have my own opinion, of course. But I'm, I'm very keen to hear yours and for you to share your thoughts. The idea of a cheat day or a cheat yeah. meal is not something I personally subscribe to. Yeah. Um, for me, doing what I've done, it's become a lifestyle. And in fact, me having a cheat meal is simply, I might go to the Indian and have um, a, a vegan dal, sure. a bit of rice, which um, all things considered, it's really not that bad for you, rather than going and having a burger or whatever it is. So I, for me, it's always felt, when I hear the term cheat meal, it's as if, well, it's like you're, you're not allowing yourself to have this thing or this, these foods six days of the week, but you can on the seventh. Um, yep. But actually, for me, all you're doing is feeding that. If let's, I'm going to use the word addiction because I don't know what other word to use. But it's a fair word to use. It's, it's, it's a word that we should you know, once, a, once a week, you're feeding that addiction. So you're maintaining that addiction rather than displacing whatever that food is and just removing it, naturally displacing it from your uh, diet. But anyway, that's my, that's my rant. But I'd love to hear your take on a, a whole cheat meal idea. I think, Matt, if I'm honest, we could probably have an entire episode, multiple episodes on, on where that sits and the psychology of a cheat day is, is so strange. I've got a few different moving parts and, and I hope it doesn't open up too many more questions because I know, like you said, we're short on time. Um, the first thing is I've tried to not ever really use the term cheat day. I just think it, it insinuates some things that are very negative and, and like you said, it sort of feeds this this addiction and, and almost reinforces to the person that, hey, you're always going to want this thing that you shouldn't have. Let's, let's, not try and, let's not try and address why you want it. Let's just accept that you're always going to want it and the goal would be for you to have it as infrequently as possible so you can just stay on top of that, that addiction as you called it. That's the, that's the first thing that is, is, I guess, problematic for me. So I try not to use that terminology. The second thing for me is the cheat day itself is, is one aspect of, I guess, the, the interaction of going and eating some food that you shouldn't eat. But for me, I, I don't coach food. I coach people. Mm. So the, the most important thing for me is who is it that is having this indiscretion? If it is the person who has just started with me, who has told me that they can see that their health is deteriorating quickly and they want to watch their kids grow up and that they really need to make change and they're on the far end of the health spectrum in terms of all the negatives, well, then all of a sudden there's, there's way less wriggle room for those indiscretions. That's just the reality of their situation. If I've got a competitive athlete who the day after a competition decides that, hey, I actually have been really wanting to enjoy this thing, but it hasn't been something that fits into my current goals. I'm going to go have that thing now. That's probably an indiscretion that I think is, is healthier and I can tolerate a little bit more than the person because it lines up with their goals. So it, it just makes sense in terms of who we're actually talking to rather than just thinking that all cheat days are the same. Yeah, sure. No, great answer. Thank you. I appreciate it. So um, 
what would be your, if you were to give one gem, one takeaway piece of advice to uh, the viewers or listeners, what, what would that be? Well, I think the major thing that I find myself reiterating time and time again is telling people to not major in the minors. And the minors would be things like meal timing, supplementation, eating some weird food because it has some antioxidant that you found one research paper on. The reality is all that stuff might be true. Let's say all those things do have benefits, meal timing, supplementation, antioxidants. Unless you have the quantity of food that you should be eating correct and the quality of your food is real food, then all of that stuff is secondary. You really must get that right first. And I think the reason that's so hard to get right is because it's so basic that it's almost confronting. It's like it would be way easier if leaving your onions out for 30 minutes oxidized them in a way that makes you burn fat for longer. But it's, it's, it's not that. It's, it, and it never has been that. And I think deep down we all know that it hasn't been that. I need you to eat real food and I need you to eat it in an amount that suits you. And anything else after that is, is just additional fluff. Um, so that's my, my main, that's my big takeaway for people. It's like stop trying to kid yourself that it's anything else but that. Unless you've got that right, let's get that right first and then we can move on. I think that's pure gold, what you've just said. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, you Ed, can run out for 30 minutes. <laughs> and if people want to reach out to you, uh, if they want to get in touch with you directly or the method now, how would that, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, the method now, the main, the, 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 the methodnow.com.au is how they could contact the company. And if they'd like to work with me, then they can just request doing so. And then uh, I, I um, we're talking about social media affair before this and how we're not very adept at it. But I'm, uh, I'm on social media, obviously. My uh, Instagram hashtag is Edward L. Morrison. So if anyone wants to reach out to me there, I, I try to leave that thing so that any messages that I get from anybody will be viewable. So if you want to reach out, I'd uh, be more than happy to chat. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time today. And um, I know we're looking forward to, we're going to dive into a, a second subject, which is all about, I guess, nutrition with competition in mind. Yeah. Uh, for today, thank you very much and uh, look forward to chatting next time. Thanks so much, Matt. Well, there you have it. Thanks very much for listening. And if you've enjoyed this, please go ahead and leave a review. It helps more than you know. And if you think that one of your training buddies would also enjoy this, go ahead and share it with them right now. Thank you once again. And until next time, train smart and train safe.